Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. John Hughes from Scratch Labs in Boulder, Colorado on Road Bike Rider Radio. Very excited to be talking this morning with my longtime friend Elizabeth Wicks. Uh, she's been, gosh, I've known Elizabeth since Desert Camp in the uh, late 90s, I believe. Elizabeth is now 72, retired. She lives in central Massachusetts, and she's an amazing rider. Got a new hip back in 2010, and since then has set a number of ultracycling records, including 12 hours at Calvin's Challenge, 182 miles. That's for a woman over 70 years old. National 24-hour 291.5 miles also a personal best woman over 70 years old so elizabeth quite a resume how long have you been riding thanks john um since i turned 50 so 22 years or this kind of riding you know i knew how to ride as a kid but we, the we ultra all, we, we all knew how to ride as kids we picked it up later uh, about how many miles a year do you ride well, it's it's averaged from three or four thousand to almost nine thousand. Um, several years I've done six thousand. This year it may actually be ten thousand because I cheated and did a transcontinental ride. I I wouldn't call doing a transcon cheating exactly. Which transcon did you do? I did the Pack Tour Northern Transcontinental, which went from Everett, Washington, to Boston, Massachusetts. If I remember correctly, it was over thirty days and over three thousand miles, right? That's correct. And over um, 100,000 feet of climbing. I think it was 110,000 or something like that. Excellent. And, and I coached you to get ready for it, and you and I chatted beforehand, and I encouraged you, in fact, not to ride every mile. Take some recovery time, and Lon does great tours, but some of them, in fact, are just miles to get from point A to point B. So I said, cherry pick. Pick the good rides, didn't I? You did, and, and it, was, it was great because I had done a transcontinental in 1999. It was a very different kind of ride. But on that one, I did every effing inch, as they say. And um, the F standing for not a very nice word. And so with your help and my hopeful riding maturity, I decided I wanted to do every fun inch. So I um, every day sort of looked at the course and figured out, I actually ended up trying to pick the, the the most fun, the hardest, the most interesting parts of the day, which worked beautifully because I was able to uh, accomplish even more than I thought I was going to because I was able to do some of the 
best parts of the trip and then not totally kill myself. So it, it works beautifully. I remember a transcon that I did, basically the Northern route, in fact, with Lon and Susan a while back. And after a day in Iowa, I complained, Lon, that was really boring. And he said, what do you mean boring? You went by 20 different kinds of corn. What are your best memories of the trip? What did you find really interesting about it? Um, the whole event, the whole experience was absolutely stunning. Stunning visually, physically, emotionally, for me, even spiritually. I mean, it was stunningly good and stunningly bad at times. Um, I had no idea that the Pacific Northwest looked like that or felt like that. I mean, it, it was just, it was astounding. And um, I think I liked the mountainous part the best. Um, I'll admit to being not terribly excited about the flat, barren, very hot, very strong headwinds that we encountered in some of the parts of South Dakota and a few other places. But um, it's just a, a, an amazing way to, to see the world from a bicycle seat. And, um, of course, doing it with Juan and Susan on pack tour, you, it's, um, they make it so, quote-unquote, easy and fun because they take care of everything and all you have to do is eat, sleep, ride. Eat, sleep, ride. I mean, it was just, it was astounding. I loved every minute of it. I, I'll admit to getting a little tired toward the end, but I think that happens on, on every trip that you go. Not as much tired, but ready to be home, you know, ready to be out of, of that routine. But I, on the other hand, I... I would really like to do it again one of these days. How did you prepare for the trip? How did you train? Well, I worked with this guy named John Hughes, who's been my coach for the last almost 20 years. Um, I um, rode my bike the way he told me to. We did a lot of intensity work, a lot of resting. I had a tendency over the years to ride too much and ride every day if I want to. And so... Um, we worked on um, intervals. It, you know, it's really interesting. I had thought we would start doing a lot more hill work than we did early on, and it really wasn't until the end um, that I ended up doing a lot of, uh, of hill work. As a matter of fact, I complained to you, if you remember one day, of some route I had designed my, for myself, and I, got, and I said, oh, the hills were so bad, and oh, it's just awful, blah, blah, blah. And you nicely wrote back and said, uh, excuse me, dear, you're about to do, you know, a six-week trip with 100 and, I just looked it up, 114,000 feet of climbing. And so I decided to embrace the hills and the last month or so did a lot of heavy-duty uh, hill climbing. Um, but so it was as much a strength training, making sure that I had the endurance um, you have prescribed, as I call it, over the years, a lot of really good stretching and strength work and some leg work. Um, in, the, in the wintertime, I've got a, a wonderful bike training spinning class that I do. Uh, we didn't have much snow this winter, so I didn't get to cross-country ski, but I did ride a little bit more. So um, it, it was a good combination of, of riding skills and preparing my body for it and preparing for it mentally. Um, you and I also talked a lot about that and thinking about the, um, what do you call them, John? The ride stoppers? What do you call those? Show stoppers. The th the right. Th the things that make you quit before you're ready. Exactly. And we worked, yeah, and, and we, I identified with you a lot of the things that had mentally, um, 
challenged me in the past, and we worked on how to work through those, and, and it worked. I mean, there were days on the trip when, when it was exhilarating and fun, and we just laughed and had a good time, and then there were those days when it was pretty tough. Um, as a matter of fact, there were a couple of days when I cried, but I heard that Shauna Hogan said she cried a couple of times on Ram, so I figure if Shauna can, can cry once in a while, so can I. And then, you, you know, you have a good cry, then you get back up on your bike and keep going. Elizabeth had a blog that she wrote every day, so I could follow her uh, transcon, and I really enjoyed it. So I want to comment on several things. First of all, when you said you you learned to embrace the hills, or you decided to embrace the hills, that was a real breakthrough for you mentally, uh, from worrying about the ride to being excited about the ride. Now, I tried to structure your training <coughs> the same way I truck structure everybody's, all my clients' training, Starting out with the preseason, um, I'm recording this in Boulder in November. We just had our first snow last night, so we are getting into our off-season, or as I call it, preseason, and that just involves a lot of different kinds of endurance work. Two years ago, you skied a bunch. Last winter, not so much snow, so you rode. And then a few months before pack tour, you started doing some really hard intensity training to really work on your power, your hill climbing. And then what I think is key for somebody doing a tour is to do a lot of uh, ride simulation. In fact, for any kind of event, ride simulation. So you did some back-to-back -back days. Then you did some mm -hmm. three-day, you know, one, two, three-day. Uh, so you really got used to pacing yourself so that by the third day or the fourth day, you had some legs left. You got used to recovering overnight. And you got used to the mental challenge, and it is a mental challenge of you've ridden for s some number of days, and you get up in the morning, and you think, I got to ride my bike again. So structuring it like that works really well. Then you did a taper, and a lot of people neglect the taper. They think, two weeks to go, I've got to train. Well, you can't get any further mm -hmm. in two weeks. You just can't. All you can do is get more tired. So the key is to really cut back. Now, you mentioned that you do some core strength and other th kinds of things. Talk, talk a little more about the kinds of activities that you do exercise-wise besides riding your bike. Well, yes, I will, John. I, I, but thank you. I had forgotten that, that we did those, what we called mini tours. So those were so helpful. I didn't, uh, they would be three or four days in a row, and, and they really were helpful. Um, I have done touring and uh, these kinds of tours in the past, but not quite this difficult. Um, well, you also introduced me to this new activity, which I had forgotten about a couple of years ago. Because I'm a woman, because I'm getting older, and there's always the, the um, you know, osteoporosis, uh, um, bone weakness, you got me walking. <laughs> that was, I shouldn't laugh, but, you know, I haven't done much walking. I've done a little bit of hiking over the, the last couple of years. Um, but getting out and, and using walking sometimes as a recovery or if I'm restless, for whatever reason, and it's uh, not not a day to ride. Uh, walking really was was very very helpful. Um, let's see. I've done the stretches when I the first year I went to desert camp. You were there and you did a stretching class every morning, and I still do those stretches in the same order that you did them. Um, and then we've added. You've introduced me to some other ones, and I've added those in. Um, and then the. Um, a lot of the core exercises and leg strength, I don't, um, and actually what you have me do, I can do at home. I don't even have to go to a gym. I did, one company I worked for had a gym, but um, I can do um, 
I can't even remember the names of some of them now, lunges and other things here at home, and I have some weights. So I, if that answers your question, um, fine. If, if you want me to add something to it, I will. No, that, that, that's great. Uh, as we get older, I'm older, George is almost older, uh, bone strength is very important, and a lot of people think, well, I ride my bike really hard. Well, in fact, even, mm -mm. The, even the sprinters in the Tour de France are not putting as much force on their muscle, on, on their legs at full sprint as somebody walking. What, ca what counts is the impact. So walking's good, hiking with a pack is better, running mm -hmm. as you can is even better. So that's the first thing. Weight-bearing activity is critical. And I tried with Elizabeth until we got to the peaking phase and with all my older clients uh, to get in 90 minutes a week. And, and it could be in various uh, lengths, a couple of hikes, some, some very, very short ones. Uh, Elizabeth has worked a lot on flexibility over the years. And one of the things she and I talked about and she worked on was how to recover at night after a day of riding. So you stretched. What else did you do? Some of it is eating right afterwards, you know, not eating too much because sometimes when, when I'm out there for three or four hours, I think, oh, good, I've blown, you know, 7,000 calories. So I try to eat right. Um, I try to get good sleep. It uh, turns out I have sleep apnea, so I now have a, a sleep machine, uh, which helps. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say, too, John, in terms of the way we've structured my training I really like doing the hard and in the intervals. Everybody says, oh, my God, how can you get out and do that? Well, the, the thing is, they're usually not more than half an hour. So it's great. You go out for an hour, an hour and a half, and you do this really intensive work, which I, for me, and then getting, you know, resting at night, resting maybe the next day, almost riding every other day instead of every day, has worked beautifully for me. I don't know whether it's being an older athlete or just the recovery, it turns out, is so much more important. For me and it maybe is for everybody so i try to relish in that recovery and and even if it's a nice day like today and um i think oh i should be out riding no i'm better off i did a, a one of our bench my benchmark time trials a couple of days ago and i just have to remember that it takes me two or three days to really recover from it i went did go for a ride yesterday with some people and was quite surprised that no i'm sorry two days ago and was quite surprised that i did as well as I did. But then I went out yesterday and I had no legs at all. So, okay, stop. You know, do what your body tells you to do. And my body's telling me to rest today. So that's what I'm doing. And um, I am stretching every day. I started doing that a couple of weeks ago because I felt as though I was um, had sort of relaxed a bit too much after getting back from the northern and then, then another trip that I did in uh, in September. So I do know that if I do the stretching and the core work, it just pays off. It just pays off beautifully when I get back on my bike. As we get older, uh, the amount of recovery we need goes up significantly. And, and in many ways, it, it's the biggest sign of getting older. Slight change. Elizabeth is great. She loves intensity. And there's a form called fartlek where you sort of go out and do random oh. hard riding, easy riding. Sometimes Elizabeth mm -hmm. will do structured intervals just because she loves it. And I have several other clients like that. And then I have clients who speed work. Are you kidding, Coach John? There is yeah. no yeah. way I would do that. So, so let's look ahead, Elizabeth. You and I haven't chatted much about 2016. What are your riding plans? What, do you, what events do you want to do? 
Well, I have I have several. One, I'm going to be I've been invited to crew um, for Pack Tour, which is a company with which I did the cross country trip um, for their six weeks of uh, or five weeks of desert camp in Arizona, and I do get to ride every other day. So, um, and I'm going to take a week where I can ride by myself, where I can ride around Arizona. So far, my big plans for the year is to do um, um, Sebring in, Flo- in um, Florida in February, and then I'll be at Desert Camp for six for six or eight weeks, and then I want to do the National Twenty Four Hour Challenge again. I want to try and do the get a thousand miles before they add up. You know the miles that you do every year, and when you do a thousand miles, you get a T-shirt or something. But I want to do it before I turn seventy-five. And my goal there is to do 300 miles or more this year because the last time, as you said earlier, the last time I did it, I did it 291 miles. So if I stay on my bike for the closer to 24 hours, I hope to do over the the 300 hours. And um, basically, oh, and then what I would really love to do next year is go to Borrego Springs and uh, the Ram National, what do they call the National Time Trial? I would love to do that. I don't know whether I do well in the heat, but... I also don't think they've had anybody, 70-year-old women out there yet. And actually, my big goal is to set as many records as I can so that when my heroines, Nancy Goose and Shauna Hogan and Dusty Dustin and all these other people, when they get to, I want there to be a record there for them to break when they get into into the 70-age bracket. So that's my big scheme. (laughs) I, I hear just a bit of competitiveness there. Now, no, John, not a bit, right? Yeah. Well, see, yeah, that's exactly. the fun. I don't have. That's the fun. I really don't have any competition because I'm the only one out there, so I get to win, even if I don't. You know, I win that that event for that year in my age group, even if. Uh, but I try to set a new record every year. I've been trying to. So. You're, you're trying to set a high bar for the people that come after you. The the way you're. Yes, doing, exactly. The, They'll break it without any problem, but I just want it to be there, hanging out there for them. The the way you do desert camp, you're going to get in excellent shape because you're only mm-hmm. riding every other day, and then you've got a oh, good point. Basically mm-hmm. off. Another thing that I work with on clients, and some are very resistant. I send people to desert camp for a week, and I say I want you to ride long this day, moderate this day, and I want you to take Wednesday off. You're kidding. I said, no, no, you'll get fitter. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. in fact, works. So I, I think you're going to get really fit there. You will have a great ride at the National 24. And again, that's an interesting ride. I mean, they all are. But that one's interesting because as I remember your, your record the last time, you were off the bike a fair amount. And that has to do with mental and nutrition. So it's not about the training miles. It's about the other kinds of it. Of, of yeah, that, that, it, as as so many people said, ninety percent of it is mental. And what happened on the national twenty four hours last time? I had um, some seat problems, so I was actually off my bike for four hours, and I wasn't keeping that close attention to the time, except when I realized um, I think I was doing the last nighttime loop that was taking me half an hour or thirty five minutes. I knew I didn't have another lap in me. But so this year, my goal is to stay on the bike, even if I'd ride slower. That's the point. These 12 and 24 hour rides are wonderful. Just if you can just pace yourself and stay on your bike, it's amazing how many miles you can accumulate. So um, it's mental. And even on the trip, even on the long tours, you know, the mental um, 
your mental state is really key, whether it's an easy day or a hard day. Well, Elizabeth, it's great to talk with you to catch up on riding this past year and your goals for the coming year. And I am slightly delinquent. I owe you some workouts effective the 15th of November. I promise to get those done either this weekend or the beginning of next week. So it's great to be here on Road Bike Rider uh, Radio. I have written a number of articles. If you go to my website, www.coach-hughues.com, I'm actually adding a new section for riders 50-plus. And then I'm writing a Fit for Life uh, series of columns for the Road Bike Rider newsletter. So here is John Hughes from Scratch Labs in Boulder, Colorado, talking with Elizabeth Wicks. Great talking to you, Elizabeth. Thanks, John. Nice to talk to you, too. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 